to a quarter of three strands, the Palatine Institute's podcast on creating Christian culture. Through this show, we hope to provide a resource of education and encouragement for students, parents, and leaders about the revival of Christian values in our community. On a quarter of three strands, we'll focus on the three foundational strands that make a strong, flourishing Christian culture, the church, the family, and education. We desire to order these things around God's word to advance Christ's kingdom and so glorify him and bless our community. My name is Ron Young, former headmaster at Providence Academy and founder of the Palatine Institute. And I'm Allison Tuttle, a wife and mother and the director of the Palatine Institute. Through our conversations, we look forward to sharing fellowship, knowledge, and practical wisdom for his glory here on A Court of Three Strands podcast. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Welcome back to A Court of Three Strands, the Palatine Institute's podcast on creating Christian culture. Today we are recording episode eight of season seven, and this season is entitled Learning at Flourishing Part Two. Uh, We've been discussing the spiritual disciplines, and today we're going to be continuing our conversation on prayer and life in the spirit. So this is our third um, installment of this discussion, and today we plan to discuss lamentation, supplementation, and intercession. Yes, and some imprecations. Tory stuff. Yep, too, and some infrequentory. Okay, things, perhaps. So we've been we've been talking about prayer as one of the means of grace, <laughs> and last episode we went through the Lord's Prayer as kind of like the form of prayer that Christ taught us. Yeah. What we want to do is look at prayer in terms of uh, where the rubber hits the road. Mm-hmm. So, um, John Calvin. Uh, talks about how the Christian life is to live in harmony, um, in in, uh, in harmony with the righteousness of God, and we're not righteous yet. Yep, we're being sanctified. Yeah, but more than that, we live in a world that's not in harmony at all. Correct. Um, it's it's a world going mad. Yep, and um, and so in reality, our life as Christians is one of of a lot of conflict, right? Even if we're trying to live a Christian life and live amongst others in our church that are trying to live a Christian life, we live in a world that is very sick. Very sick. Yeah. And um, we we want the the dominion of Satan to to die, yep. and the kingdom of grace to progress, and we long for the coming of this our, uh, of our King um, to restore all things. Uh, in the meantime, we're living this life, <clears throat> and what I want to talk about is is how the Psalms teach us to pray, mm. and that this will give us, a, a, I think, if we start imitating this more, a, a greater vitality in our in our walk with the Lord, in our conformity to His righteousness, and yep, does, that, does it make sense? Yeah. And and a benefit to the community. Mm. So I'm going to start with lamentation. So a, a lament is there's um, something's gone wrong. Yeah. You know, you've got um, something bad has happened or is about to happen or you're facing a really difficult situation that seems like all is lost, health problem, uh, 
job situation, uh, enemy invading your land, uh, you know, whatever it might yeah. be. There's, there's, there's bad things. And, and the psalmist, um, the psalms show how people lament, and there's usually a structure to it. Uh, when they pray, there's an address to God. There's a description of the complaint. There's a request for God's help, and then there's an expression of God's uh, of their trust in God. Mm-hmm. So, so Psalm 13, I I picked a really short passage that can kind of help us. So, Allison, would you read uh, Psalm 13? I would love to. Psalm 13, for the choir director, a psalm of David. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart all the day? How long will my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Enlighten my eyes, or I will sleep the sleep of death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him. And my adversaries will rejoice when I am shaken. But I have trusted in your loving kindness. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Yeah. So you see the address to God here. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long? Then you have the description of that complaint, meaning that there's enemies that are kind of after him. Yeah. There's a request for his health. Consider and answer me, O Lord. Um, and then you have this expression of trust, but I have trusted your loving kindness and my heart shall uh, rejoice in your salvation. In in a lot of the bigger Psalms, what you'll see too is there's um, there's uh, the, the confidence or the expression of trust is based upon what God has done in the past. Mm-hmm. And you'll also often see, more often than not, a a vow that's made to God. Like when you deliver me, I will sing your praise in the congregation. Mm-hmm. Um, and this the term for this song is uh, or praise is a new song. Mm. And I will sing to you a new song. So j- just um, so so here's the here's how it went. There's the old songs. The old songs are how God has delivered His people in the past. Yeah. The old song is, um, especially the Exodus. Like yep. we were slaves in Egypt. Look what you did. You rescued us. You rescued us. Or the battles with, uh, you know, with Og and, you know, those yep. types of things. There's, there's the, uh, but there's this, there's the old songs. You, you did this and we praise you for it. This is, this is, you know, this is the, the hymns we sing every Sunday or for them and Saturday, I guess. But they're, um, of these old songs. What I'm asking is for you to act again in my situation here and now. Yeah, deliver me. Deliver me, and then I'll sing a new song uh-huh. about your deliverance. In this particular yeah. circumstance. So yeah. look, at, look at Psalm 40, for instance, verse just one through three. Okay. Um, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction, out of the miry bog, and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Okay, so this is a description of like in the past, there's this thing, right? I was in this trouble and the psalmist explains it, talks about it as like a pit of destruction or a slimy. Yeah. But I, I cried out to you, you heard it, my 
and then you've delivered me. Yep. And so I have this new song in my mouth. I'm going to tell the congregation about it. Yeah. And and so this is the the pattern of praise and lament in the Psalms. You you have a situation. You cry out to Him for help. You express trust. Like, look, you did. You've done this in the past. Look, you've you've your son Jesus took it all on the cross for me. You know, whatever it might be. Um, and I trust you but I'm asking you to deliver me. And when you do, I'll sing a new song. Mm. I will tell the congregation of what you have done. Yep. And then when God answers the prayer, when he does it, then the, the worshiper who has made this vow needs to go in front of the congregation and tell them what God has done. Mm. Right. So this was a, this was a pattern in the, the, the regular life of God's people. Mm-hmm. Um, they, their supplication, um, their lament is heard by God. You know, they're asking, yep. asking for help, asking for this, this, you know, sup, these supplications. Um, they're lamenting the, or lamenting the, the bad thing, asking that God would, would act. And the, and what they're saying to God is, I promise, I vow to to you that when you answer it, I will, I will sing this news. I'll testify about it. Yep. And so when it happened that they, they would do it in, in churches that I grew up in, I, this, this happened often, um, not necessarily on Sunday morning, but we had a Sunday evening service and, uh, a lot of the focus on the Sunday evening service was prayer. And you would, you would have people then report to the congregation about how God answered their prayer. Mm. Like, remember, you've been praying about this. Well, this is what God did. And then everyone could praise God. Yeah. Right. And, and this is something that I see that, um, that happens a lot. And I, I don't know how to address it, uh, in our church yet, but I'll figure it out. But, um, often there'll be something that comes through the prayer chain and then we never hear no update. <clears throat> right. And so what, or people will say, thank you for your prayers. Well, well, that's not, that's not how it's supposed to work. Right. Mm. Here's this, here's the situation. And we're going to express confidence that God's going to listen based upon what God has been doing, has, has done. Yep. Right. We, we're going to bring this to God because God has shown himself to be a loving father. He's been trustworthy. He's done these acts in the past. <laughs> he's healed in the past. He's delivered in the past. He's done all this. God, just like you did then, we ask you to do this now. Yeah. And then when he does, what should happen is thank God for what they've done. Don't, don't thank us for praying. Right. God is the one that we thank, praise thank, and thank. And thank God yeah. and praise him. And when you're in a church, in a body of believers, where you are constantly presented with the requests of people's to pray about, and also constantly hearing and being reminded of God's answers to prayer continually, what we what that does is that it it makes us more and more confident. Yeah. In in what God's doing. In God, yeah. That he's real, that he's continuing to act. He's not, he's not just a thought 
Yes. He's not just a, a doctrine. He's a living father. Yeah. And and so when I say prayer in the life and the spirit, like this is this is part of it. He is when I'm vowing, <laughs> right? I'm going to the father saying, look, this is this is horrible what's going on here, but I know that you have done even greater things in the past. I'm asking that you act now and I I vow to you that I'm going to I'll declare this in the sanction, right? This mm-hmm. this is this is personal. It's 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 not and it's, it's an application yeah. of what you've seen God do in his word yeah. to your actual life in the here and now. Yeah. Right? Yeah, which is remember when we talked about what is prayer? Right? It's mm-hmm. it's look at that uh, go back to that what is prayer in uh Question 98. What is prayer, Allison? Prayer is an offering up of our desires unto God for things agreeable to his will in the name of Christ with confession of our sins and thankful acknowledgement of his mercies. So to to offer up our desires to God, which are agreeable to his will, that's that's what we're asking. Like, we're not asking God, like, I just bought a lottery ticket. God, if you, if I win this, right, all that's, that's not. Right. What's going on here? Yeah. This is like, I'm, we're hurting here and I know you. Yep. And this could be agreeable to your will. So I'm asking you, and when you do this, I'll give praise to the congregation. Yep. Now it still might be, because we talked about this last episode, that in the broader scope of things, it may be that our suffering is for a greater cause than we're even aware of. Yes. And that's even an answer. No is also an answer. Right, like that all prayers will be answered, and sometimes it's in glory. Yeah. That people are made new, or sickness is healed, or things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, you know, when we heard, um, like, my wife has a tumor in her head that won't go away. It just seems like it's not going away. (laughs) This is, you know, she had one kind of radiation. She's had surgery. She's had another kind of radiation. Now she's on this... um, um, clinical trial and it's, and it's good. Praise God. It's going well, mm-hmm. right. It's, it seems to be doing its job. And, uh, I just remembered when we found out that it had grown back again after the second time of radiation and, and that, you know, we, <clears throat> you know, many years ago, there's gamma radiation and there's the operation and five years ago, the, the, uh, proton radiation. And then all of a sudden it's back again. Um, we're, we're like stunned. And I look at my wife and she goes, huh, well, I guess God's got something other planned. Like, yeah, you know, um, whatever I need to be sanctified in just hasn't worked yet or so, you know, she, it was just, it was just kind of this quip, but it was, it was like, you know, by the time you get to this point, you kind of understand like what God's got, there's a purpose. Yeah. Right, I, and I don't know what it is. She doesn't know what it is. Um, what we want to do is be um, faithful. Yep. And we trust that God is going to do things. And one of the things that we've been aware of is the amount of people who are kind of watching. Yep. And and it it may be that my wife is going through all this stuff for other people's sake. Yeah. And I hate that, but I also get it. Yeah. And I and I know that um, 
it's it's not like we're somehow out of God's will or anything. Right. This is this is all part of God's plan. Yeah. And um and it's still good. Yeah. Um I I do, I do hope that it all goes away. Never have to deal with it again. Yep. But if it is, well, you know, it's God is still God is good. still sovereign. He's still good. He's still um doing that. I just sometimes ask, well, I mean, it can't be me. Just give her a break this next time and yeah. you know, whatever. But um but it's it's a um there's a there's a trust because we've seen God work. Yeah. Yep. And then, and if imagine if we never talked about it, imagine if my wife were to write the carrying bridges, or do, where yeah. would it go? Who would it benefit? Right, only a very small number of people. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the idea is, if we recall um, the petition, "Hallowed be your name," in um, yep. our last our last thing. How does it? Can you read that again? What's I will. The yep. First. Just trying to find it here. First petition. Yeah, so the first petition, this is question 101 from the Westminster Shorter Catechism. The answer is, in the first petition, which is, hallowed be thy name, we pray that God would enable us and others to glorify him in all that whereby he maketh himself known, and that he would dispose all things to his own glory. So if we as the church aren't making known the things that God is doing yeah. in our in, in our lives, like now, yeah. Then, then how is he being hallowed? How is his name being hallowed? How is he being glorified? Yeah, it's missed opportunities. It's missed opportunities. Yeah. So when we pray, right, we we pray not because we're just, you know, what's the word? We have good reason to pray. Yep. It's based upon his past actions. Yeah. God's done these things. So in my lament to him, in my supplicating him, I'm going to uh, rely on what he has done. Like, God, you've done this. What I'm asking is you act again. Act to me. And, and I'll sing a new song. I will, I will give you praise in the, in the congregation. Yeah. So that, that, that next part to it then is a, after we've given it to God, trusting him, when he answers, then we make it known. We, yeah. We make it public yeah that he might be glorified that he might be praised and what happens is when we are in a community that sees god continually acting mm. right how much faith yep that yeah. gives us confidence so i think there's this um and this is a theory once again i'm, I'm just spouting off my mind which is why I get paid the big bucks, Allison. <laughs> the big bucks are spouting off my mind on a podcast. And that's this. I I grew up in a tiny church, small church. My dad was the pastor. Um, we we didn't have any youth programs. Um, in our youth group, we had a guy who liked teaching. And so he'd teach and he liked to fish. And a lot of the guys, a lot of people in our, our the kids like to fish. So every once in a while we'd go fishing. That's it. That's our whole. And yet our our group, this little church produced, like I was in Young Life for a long time and mm-hmm. pastored and worked in a Christian still school. worked in Christian school. Yeah. Um, I have a brother taught a um <clears throat> taught and still does uh 
Christian University and is a theological librarian. Got another brother who was a youth pastor for quite a while. He's on the board of the Christian school. Um, he and his wife are very involved in their church. I, we had another guy who was uh, on campus crusade for many years. Uh, another good Don who was on Young Life for many years. Um, we had Nancy who was a Wycliffe translator for mm. 20 some years in an Indian village in Guatemala translating the scripture. We had all these people who uh, grew up in and ended up in Christian ministry mm-hmm. in, the, in a small, tiny church. Like the percentage of faithful children yeah. is incredible. Yep. I think part of it is when you are around this group of faithful people and you're hearing God, God's actions, God's actions yeah. uh, on a regular basis, um, you know, you don't doubt like, you know, yep. you know, you've seen it. The bigger the church and the more programs, I feel like that kind of gets missed. It's harder to do. It's harder to do. Yeah. And even in our small group ministries, I think you become aware of what's happening in everyone's lives and we're praying about that and we see God working, but our children aren't seeing that. Hmm. Right. Because they're not involved in those discussions. They're not involved in that discussion. So it's, it could be, it could be easy for someone who's coming and, and if they're not involved in a small group, if they're not involved in, in things or just showing up on Sunday and maybe their kids going, you know, to Awana, whatever. Yeah. Um, they're, they, some, they could be missing the, mm. the stuff. Right. So the, the part is when there's a regular activity of lamenting, of praying, and then of testifying, you understand one is, is that Christians are faced with real problems, yeah, serious problems, and there's deliverance. God works. Yep. On behalf of his people. Yeah. Yeah. And if there's one thing I could wish of all churches, in, including big ones with their Big shiny programs. Ours is getting bigger, and our programs are great. I I don't. I'm not saying this is bad. It's just part of the growth of a church. Yeah. But the bigger it gets, the less of the other thing happens. Yeah. It's harder to have it be authentic. Yeah, and it needs to be and create space for it. Yeah. So I don't have an answer to this other than I'm just putting it out there. Like this is very important. This is how God's people have always done it. Yeah. Until yesterday. Yeah. You know. Okay. Um, we in our family have a specific long, lifelong trial of having a child with special needs. Yeah. And there have been so many times during these conversations, I'm like, man, this is, I, I am living this exact thing. And one of the, just this particular um, thing to share as you are talking about this is, and, and sort of the broader principle being in a family where there is a trial everybody knows about yeah. and you're praying about it. Your kids see God answering yeah. prayer and he has not taken the trial away right but there has been so much abundant fruitfulness yeah through the trial in all of our hearts yeah and and this is just one way like them seeing that god is faithful and kind yeah you know meeting these needs or the way in which he sees yeah. us that nobody would know you know? know but he cares about like the nursery rhymes we're singing it's yeah. like that yeah. you know um and so Trials are so good. They hurt so good. They are. 
Yeah. Here, here, I'm just going to throw out another thing. And how many times in our churches, conflict happens, mm. right? Yeah. All the time. Conflict happens. Conflict's normal. Like it just does happen. Yeah. And um, the tendency when there's some sort of problem is to sweep it under the rug mm-hmm. or to, to deal with it behind closed doors and then make a pronouncement. Like this is what. It's all tidy and cleaned up. It's all tidy and cleaned up. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I'm, you know, pastors getting, having difficulty and the answer is just get rid of them and start over. Mm-hmm. Like that What does that do? That does nothing for God's kingdom. Like it's, mm-hmm. it, it is, um, so I, I'll, I'll just give you an example. Um, when uh, we had the issue at Providence Academy with the uh, the two guys with the um, armed coming to our Christmas Christmas program. program, and we didn't know their intent, although we knew that there's this animosity <laughs> with <laughs> their group. I'm just gonna say it was we'll like it, there. it was it yeah. was serious stuff <clears throat> when. When we were dealing with the aftermath, we had, we contacted, um, you know, lawyers, PR people. We had advice from other schools who have a PR, you know, people. Department or something. Everyone said, we just, we got to, we got to take care of it under closed doors and just. Whitewash it. Well, and, and then. And then basically assure everyone that we've got it taken care of. And that that's, and, and, and I said to the board, like, like we're a family, you don't do that. Yeah. Like you can't. And so we decided we're going to go the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. Like we're just going to be honest, be honest. Like this is what's going on. This is what happened. And, um, and here's our problems. Well, can we get a, you know, and just being honest, like if someone yeah. wanted to come into that room, they could break down the door. It, it, right. Right. And, um, and to me, it, it was like, we have to deal with it as the mess. Yeah. Uh, publicly and then deal with the mess publicly mm-hmm. and pray together. Right. Like just like, why don't we do that? Do we not trust that God's going to work in his own people to, to be able to solve these things or to do these things? Right. And frankly, there's going to some people are going like, um, I appreciate this, but we're going to leave. Mm-hmm. And to be okay with that. And they don't leave like enemies or something. Right. Like with their mm-hmm. brothers and sisters who feel like they need to be somewhere else. And that's fine. Yeah. Like, it's just, this is, this is the thing that I, I think is wrong with the church is that we're not acting as God's family. Mm-hmm. We sometimes act like uh, some sort of professional organization business. Mm. We have a brand that we have to protect or some other kind of, I'm going to use the word crap, some other kind of crap. And it's, and it's not like this is, we have a God who's our father and our interactions with him are personal. Mm-hmm. They're real. They're, they're not, the church is, we're part of a body and it's a mystical body. It's spiritual. It's not, we're connected. It, it, it's not just, um, the, I don't go to Jacob's well because it's a, a 
dispenser of religious goods and services right. that I can I can use as a consumer. Mm-hmm. It's not. It can't be that way. Um, the church cannot be that way, and unfortunately, in America, it has become that way, and it's a joke. Mm-hmm. And you know, Gen Z, the younger generation who's come up there, it they they see it as a joke. Yeah, they know it is. Yeah. Right. I mean, we we know it's a joke. We pretend that it's not. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> They're not willing to pretend. Right. And so guess what? They're not coming to church. Yeah. Like, let's stop all that and just be real. And the best way we can be real is let's pray together. Let's lament. Let's supplicate our God based upon what he's done in the past. And when he's acted, we, we tell everyone and we rejoice mm-hmm. and and praise God for what He's done, and it's and, and just real. Mm-hmm. This brings us to imprecatory. <laughs> imprecatory for <clears throat> for those of you who don't know what an imprecatory psalm is, there are some psalms in the Bible that are very angry, and people are um, angry at something going on, and they're asking that God is going to do harm to their enemies. Mm-hmm. Like blessed are those that dash their babies heads against the rocks yeah that's a hard word it's it's a hard word yeah so here's the other part when we pretend that that we're not angered by evil in the world if we pretend that this isn't real Mm -hmm. or we're just whitewashing it or we're just, we're trying to, and I think here's, here's the, the problem is um, we get afraid that if people get angry, they're going to do horrible things. Mm-hmm. So what we do is we don't, we try not to get people angry. Diffuse it. So what happens is, is that they get angry apart from the congregation and then they do horrible things. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it, you can't hide injustice is anger is always a secondary emotion <laughs> it comes from feelings of hurt and injustice mm-hmm. and and to be able to like deny that is is horrible like it's part of who we are yeah as human beings mm-hmm. god is angered by un, in unjust things and and things that are wicked wicked yeah and so how do we, how does the church supposed to deal with it? How are God's people supposed to deal with it? Well, God doesn't say stuff those feelings inside, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So what we're forbidden to do is to sin in our anger, mm-hmm. to sin in our anger, right? Um, and so how do we, how do we not sin in our anger? Well, we get angry before God. So the imprecatory Psalms is like, I'm going to wish this horrible stuff upon my enemies because I do, but I, I'm going to communicate that to God honestly. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Now it's up to God. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I cannot, mm-hmm. I cannot retaliate in vengeance. But what do I do then with my anger? Well, I bring it to God. I, I'm angry at, at this hurt. I'm angry at this injustice. I'm going injustice. I'm going to communicate this to God and then give it to him 
then trust that he is going to do the right thing because I can't do the right thing. Right. I will sin in my anger. I know I will. But God's anger is perfect. But God's anger is perfect. Yeah. So it was an interesting thing in nine, after 9-11, I'm up in the, um, I went as one of the uh, pastors, I, I went to the ecumenical center on UWGB's campus and there was a prayer time. And it was, it was an interesting thing because I, I'm in a room full of people who are scared and some of them are angry. They don't know what to do with it. Mm. And as soon as someone starts praying and it sounds like they're getting angry, the very next person wants to kind of calm it down. Like, just, mm-hmm. like you know, they want to go, they want to go directly to forgiveness and just be done with this. They don't want to deal with it. Mm. And so, so when I, when I set, set forward, I, I prayed imprecatorily, if that's a word. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was just, ang- you know, ang- I prayed the anger and, um, and then again, and then concluded that, but this is in your hands, God, and your will be done and mm-hmm. pray that, you know. And uh, it was interesting, the re- responses t- to talking to students. Um, and, and some of them were really uncomfortable with praying anger, mm. right? Well, we're not supposed to, we're not supposed to curse, we're supposed to bless. Yeah, that's why I'm praying it to God. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to say this to them. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say it to God, mm-hmm. right? So I'll bless them, but I'm going to say this to God, right? And God is the one that's going to to carry out these things. I, I'm powerless. I have no power at all right. to defeat Al-Qaeda. I have no power to, to defeat Hamas mm-hmm. or to make sure that Israel doesn't overreact or I, I have no, I have no power. Yep. I have no power for the things going on in the streets. I have no power for what's going on in the... I, we're powerless. And so what we could do is we could either go to the internet and make asses of ourselves mm-hmm. or we can pray to God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is part, again, it's part of the history of the people of God. Let's, let's bring it to him. He is the just God. He knows what's going on. Let's, let's give it to him. And here's my anger as imperfect as it is. If it was left up to me, it would be bad. Yep. But left up to God, it'll be good. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to pray my anger to him and then and then not carry out my own anger because mm-hmm. that would be sinning. Yep. That makes sense? It does. So again, I think if we're going to create a Christian culture, which I think is needed, um, and because to re-evangelize our, our world... And it is going to happen. Yes. Whether or not we participate. Yes. So you have a choice to either participate or not, but regardless, God's yeah. kingdom will go forth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if so if if one of the keys to growing the kingdom of grace and in and, and including more and more people into it, those who are called by his name need to develop a culture. Yep. That is more Christian, that's gonna be that example. Like, oh, that's what it means to live a life in the spirit. Yeah. That, that those people's lives are formed by God's word and it's life by the spirit. There has to be an authentic, I think that was your word, an authentic way in which we're dealing with everything. Yeah. And the authentic thing is to go to God with it. Yeah. If I'm crushed by 
the circumstances of my life, I should go to God with it, trusting that he'll do something because of what he's done in the past. Yeah. But I need to, then I need to vow that health, when you act, I'm going to see this, I'm going to tell about tell it people. so that your name would be hallowed. When, um, when I, when there are needs, we bring these needs up to God. And when those needs are taken care of, we tell everyone about it. When we're angry because of injustice, don't get angry on the internet. Don't get, don't, I just started getting on Twitter. It's horrible. By the way, my my, my kids like, dad, you shouldn't go on Twitter. I'm like, oh, no, what do they know? I, I just want to broadcast, you know, try to promote Palatine Institute. And then I go and it's like, it's ugly. Yeah. It's like, I'd be really good at it. I would. I'd be really good at Because <laughs> it seems like what you're trying to do is ridicule whoever's, someone says something and you can kind of pick it apart and make them look stupid. And I could, I could that's really, I, I would love to do that. That'd yeah. be really fun. But I'm. But not I'm, godly. It's not godly. Yeah. Um. Pray, bring it to God, do it in community. Mm-hmm. You know, something happened, it's sparking anger. And I think the first response that most pastors have is they want to control it. And so what they're going to do is they're going to try to, try to diffuse it. Like you said, like, let's just, let's. Yeah. I don't know if that's biblical. Mm. I'm just saying. I'm glad I don't have that job <laughs> and can't have that job. Bring your anger before God so that you're not yeah. sitting in your anger. Um, but these are these are the things. Remember the whole counsel of God, like the 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 Christ prayer is is the form, like that's our primary prayer. Yeah. But as the catechism says, it's like the whole counsel of God directs us, and especially the prayer book, which is the Psalms. Yeah. So again, um, I think it's important. Uh, okay, I, I talked about imprecatory prayer. That's right. But it's, it's helpful. Yeah, but it's helpful. Again, it, it's the God is our Father has adopted us to our family. Everything we do is personal. Mm-hmm. He's He's not some mystic, magical thing. Else, he's not a prayer. Isn't like a, a slot machine where you pull the handle. Yeah. Right. This is our Father, and look at what He's done. Let's ask him based upon that and then say, hey, we'll we'll tell others about it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that's that's it. We'll talk about other things in the next two episodes that aren't prayer. Yeah. Stay tuned. <laughs>